We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in and Happy New Year. First LakersNation.com podcast of 2023. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. 2023 is here. Hopefully everybody had a great time celebrating and now we're ready to get back to Lakers basketball. It is game day tonight. The Lakers take on the Charlotte Hornets. I do want to break down a little bit about that matchup and really the schedule moving forward in the context of Anthony Davis and what's going on with him. When will he be coming back? What could the Lakers record be at that point? We'll dive into all of that fairly briefly. I also want to talk a little bit about the team's rotation, and I want to do that as we take a look at Lakers New Year's resolutions. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on New Year's resolutions, but I want to use that to kind of springboard into the Lakers rotations and the trade front as well and what we need to see here in the coming months from this Los Angeles Lakers team. So a lot to get into in today's show. So let's jump right into it, and let's start with this. Right now, the Lakers 15-21 and 21 on the season. Again, game day tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. And this is coming off of a win that the Lakers just had over the Atlanta Hawks. LeBron James on his 38th birthday, this was last Friday, uh, drops 47 points. Great, great, great performance from LeBron James. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I've, who knows what he's going to do in this one. He had the quote after the game where he was asked about, uh, you know, you, you went and scored all these points. And he said, um, I'm paraphrasing, but said something to the effect of, well, scoring 30 points wasn't working. We weren't winning. So I figured why not try and score 40? So maybe I'll just have to do that from now on. Hey, please do. Let's get a string of LeBron James 40 point, point games. You know, looking at this game tonight, I look at this as a must win. There's some challenges with this. Like the Charlotte Hornets overall, are not a good basketball team. They're healthier than they were at other points of the season, though. And so they're not, it's not as much of a kind of a gimme win as it used to be, like when LaMelo Ball was out and they were having injuries to Gordon Hayward, all these players, Terry Rozier in and out. You know, I mean, they had a lot of guys who were missing time. Now that they're back closer to full health, um, the Hornets are a bit more tough to deal with. And that's why, you know, they, they beat the Lakers um, when they played just, what was it, like a week ago. But now you're going to finish off your road trip uh, at Charlotte. And I think this is going to be an important game for the Lakers. I see it as a must win because these are the kinds of games that you have to take advantage of. These are the kinds of games on your schedule that you have to say thank you for giving us a winnable game and get that W on your record. So really important to get the win over the Charlotte Hornets. But Anthony Davis, uh, after or before actually the Hawks game, talked with the reporters 
gave some details on exactly what's going on with his injury. Explained that uh, he's got a bone spur that's been putting pressure on his navicular bone. He said he didn't even feel it all season. It just, everything suddenly came to a head um, on that play with Nikola Jokic some weeks ago where it didn't really look like anything happened. Apparently, this is something that's been kind of like building over time and he had no idea, wasn't you know uncomfortable or anything like that. But in that moment, suddenly just moved wrong, pushed off, and, and then it became a problem. He said there is a fracture in his foot. He's also dealing with a stress reaction um, from this bone spur that's been uh, pushing up against the navicular bone in his foot. So in any event, he's trying to heal all of, all of this up. And AD wouldn't put a timeline on this. Did say that his pain, which is a good thing here, is now at a two, trending towards being a one. So he's almost pain-free which is great. And the doctors determined, you know what, you can heal this without needing surgery. Now he did say at some point he may need surgery to get rid of the bone spur, but that's something they can do in the summer. For now, it's just about healing up his foot. So AD did not want to give a timetable. He didn't want to say, hey, I'm going to be back in three weeks or four weeks or whatever. And that's the right stance to take. You don't want to create those expectations or anything, but nonetheless, um, it was out there. Shams Tarania said, He'll be out at least through mid-January. So look at the schedule ahead. I think if you're the Lakers, you need this team to play 500 basketball, essentially, between now and whenever AD comes back. And if you can do that, then I think Anthony Davis coming back gives you an opportunity to perhaps really do something, particularly if you can do something on the trade market before the trade deadline. If you can at least play 500 basketball between now and then, you don't give up a lot of ground, then maybe when Anthony Davis comes back, if he can indeed come back at the level that he's said he wants to, and that's pick up right where he left off, where he's playing MVP caliber, caliber basketball, then you've got, I think, an opportunity to get back into the mix in the West. Now, I know a lot of Lakers fans, I've seen a lot of negativity, and I understand a lot of people are saying, forget it, season's over, they're done, that's it, right? And I think there's some of that is that knee-jerk reaction, right? When something has hurt us, we just want to dismiss it and say, say well, never mind, just get rid of that, right? Um, and that's kind of what the Lakers have done this season, right? They've been, it's been, frankly, painful at times to, to watch this team. It hasn't been easy. So I'm seeing a lot of fans that are saying, well, forget it, season's over, but why bother? You know, I'm seeing people responding to stuff like that on, uh, on Twitter. If I report anything about the team, anything the team puts out, it's, it's why does it even matter? I get the pessimism. I understand. But that's not the mindset I'm in just yet. I think we saw Anthony Davis performing at a level that was simply too good to just dismiss. So what I want to look at is what do you have to do in this next stretch of games to continue to play 500 basketball or to play 500 basketball um, to where you can give yourself a chance for this the second half of the season, especially if you can make a trade. So Charlotte must win tonight. Then Wednesday against Miami, Friday against Atlanta. Neither one of those games are easy. Miami just beat up on the Lakers. But I wouldn't say either one isn't winnable. I mean, the Lakers just beat the Hawks. Now, it took LeBron James going for 47. No guarantee that's happening again. But you beat the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. So let's say you get one of those. If you can beat Charlotte and you can get one of those two games between Miami and Atlanta, all right. Now you're, you're what in these three games that we're looking at here, you're two and one. Fantastic. Add Sacramento. That's going to be top. Sacramento has been really good this season. Let's say you're two and two there. Sacramento lights the beam. Okay. So Sacramento, let's say they, they get the win there. Uh, Shams Tarania had, had mentioned that AD could be back perhaps 
uh, somewhere around middle of January. That's the earliest that he had heard him returning. Again, AD didn't want to put a timetable on it, but that's what I'm going towards here is the middle of January. Let's see where we get here. So again, we are two and two right now through these four games. Then you go at Denver. Well, that's going to be a really tough matchup without AD to, to deal with Jokic. So let's say you're two and three then. Uh, Thursday, you get a couple of days off, then you got to play the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I think this is actually a winnable game. The Lakers beat the Mavs in each quarter, except for the third. They just lost the third. I'm talking about on Christmas Day. They lost the third so badly, lost it by 30, that they lost the game as a, as a result. They, I mean, the game was pretty much over at that point. But nonetheless, I thought the Lakers actually showed fairly well against the Mavs. It's going to be a nationally televised game. So I'm going to say the Lakers can get it, get it done there. So you can get it done. So now you're three and three. Then let's say that AD, we're talking mid-January. Let's say we're looking January 18th. Let's say he's able to come back for that game. Against Sacramento, at home, you just miss a back-to-back. So your back-to-back, your final games, your, th- your 500 right now, your final two games here are Philly and Houston. Well, Philly is going to be tough. Joel Embiid without Anthony Davis to deal with him. Yeah, you, you're, you're probably losing that game. So now you're three and four. But then Houston. Again, that's kind of like Charlotte. That's a must win because that's a very winnable game that's being put on on your schedule there. Now, it's the second night of a back-to-back, so that makes it a little bit tricky, kind of like with tonight's game against the Hornets. It's the last game of a road trip. And and look, the Lakers have been gone for a while. You were away for Christmas. You were away for New Year's. Um, These can be trap games, right, where you're looking forward to getting home, and so you're not as focused on the game as it can be. So that's a complicating factor for tonight's game, complicating factor here for this Rockets game is it's the second night of a back-to-back. However, I think it's still a winnable game. So if you lose to Philly and you beat Houston, there you go. You're four and four. I don't, we can't assume AD is coming back January 18th. That's just me guessing, guessing at this point. And, and it's going to depend on the scans. It's going to depend on doctor's reports, all that kind of stuff. But if you do that over these games, these eight games, you go four and four, you beat Charlotte. Let's say you beat Atlanta. You can get a win over Dallas and you beat Houston, then you're four and four. All right. It's not ideal. You're, you're 19 and 25 on the season. You'd like to start making up some ground and get closer to 500, but I think that at least keeps you in the mix still. So when AD comes back, then maybe you can start to go on a little run. Now you have some tougher competition there. You get Memphis coming up, you get Portland, uh, who's been kind of hot and cold, but you get the Clippers, you get San Antonio, Boston, Brooklyn are playing great. You start going back out of the road. I'm not saying it's easy, but if you can get through this stretch of the schedule here, 500, I think you at least keep yourself in the running to potentially do something interesting on the trade market, which again, brings me to the bigger point. The Lakers trade front, you know, if they can stay in the mix here, I think that the trade market is something that's still worth exploring with, with one caveat here. I think it's really important that for the Lakers on the trade front, that they need to look at it as though they're doing their summer shopping, that they find pieces that can help them, but not just this season. I think that's, that's the issue. So many people are looking at the Lakers trade front and they're just saying, well, this season's gone, right? Throw it all away. This season's gone. So why even bother making a trade? I, I don't think I have that same mindset. And it's not just that I don't see this season as totally gone. And look, maybe I'm biased, right? I would prefer not to watch bad basketball all the way through mid-April and have the season end early and all of that. I'm biased. I don't want to cover that 
right? I would prefer to not do, not do that. Um, so there's a little bit of bias there. But beyond that, I still think that the Lakers can make something of this season. Now, is it a championship season? No, probably not. But I think this team is good enough, particularly when you play it in a certain way, and I'm going to talk about that in just a bit, that it's still worth exploring your options on the trade market. But you have to understand that there's a chance that even if you make a trade, you're not going to get to the playoffs. That's possible. They've, they've dug themselves a deep enough hole to where it's possible that a trade still doesn't get you where you want to go. So that means that if you're going to make a trade, it can't just be a win now move. And again, so many people are looking at this Lakers team and saying, oh, they're bad. So it's not worth making a trade or, Hey, I think this team's really good. And so it's worth making a trade. I think you have to actually take that out of the equation. I think the, what you really need in a trade. And I think, Look, you need to have some faith that this team can do something, right? But the way you need to look at a trade is not just can this trade help me now, but can it help us in the future too? Can the Lakers find players that are young enough to help them moving forward? That's where you become okay with moving future draft picks. And it's not just, I've talked about this in the past, it's not necessarily just about what they can do on the team right now. It's about what they could be in the future. Can this player, if you're going to go trade, uh, again, I don't think this is on the table anymore, but if you go trade for Miles Turner, okay, he's what, 27? So it, three years from now, if you decide, you know what, we need to trigger a rebuild, let's scrap everything, you're, you can get assets back for Miles Turner. The same won't be true of like Bojan Bogdanovic, who's a great player, right? He's, he's played great this season. I think he'd be a great fit. But if you're the Lakers and you're still just kind of, uh, you're below 500 and you're not really sure if a move is going to put you where you want to go, if a move is going to get you in the playoffs, well, at least if you're going to do something, make sure it's for players that can help you moving forward, whether you have to flip them in another trade or whether it's just be, it's just as assets on your roster, as guys that you're going to actually play. A lot of people will say, well, but what about the cap space? They're only going to have about 30 million in cap space. That's not a lot. Um, that's not enough to like completely remake your roster, nor is this year's free agent class insanely deep either, or even all that top heavy. I mean, I guess what the best guy is going to be Kyrie Irving. You'll have some other players out there, you know, like how Kuzma will be out there. Uh, Miles Turner could be out there, depending on what happens with the Pacers and their extension talks. It's not that there's nobody on the, on the market, but if you can look at this as we're going to do our summer shopping now, essentially. We're going to add pieces right now that can help us this year, but also into the future. And so that would be like your Miles Turner's, Yaka Pirtle, um, Kyle Kuzma, players players that are young enough to where they can help you move them forward. I think you still have to explore that. You have to. Now, again, I understand not wanting to part with too many future assets and, and all of that, but if you can give yourself a chance, at least give yourself a fighting chance this season and find something on the trade market while making sure it's something that can also help you in the future. I think that's got to be something that you continue to explore if you're the Lakers, that you don't just throw your hands up and go, well, uh, season's over. Let's just figure out what's what this summer. Because I don't know that the right players are even going to be on the market this summer. Now you're going to have more to play with. You're going to have an extra first round pick because you're going to have probably the Pelicans pick. Um, that can be traded as soon as it's not a pick. As soon as you use it on a player, you could flip that player right away and you could trade them. Lakers have done it in the past right? You can do that. And then that also gives you access to your 2027, 2029 picks, which they've got right now. 
but you effectively have three first round picks to trade in the summer. So there are, there is some reason to keep the powder dry and wait for summertime. But again, I don't know if I can look at free agency and just say, well, yeah, they're going to go add a whole new team worth of players. That's going to get them where they want to go based on what we're seeing out there in free agency right now. And then on top of that, if you wait till the summer, you no longer have Russell Westbrook's contract that maybe you could sign him, trade him somewhere, but you're still, you're not going to get a lot there. So you're not going to have $47 million expiring contract in Russell Westbrook to trade. You're not going to have a $13 million expiring in Patrick Beverly, a $5.2 million expiring in Kendrick Nunn. Cause guess what? They expired. Those are gone. You can't use them in a trade anymore to help take back salary. So I still think there's reason for the Lakers to look for a move right now. Now, again, that's going to require them to keep their heads above water for as long as they possibly can. And that means, again, starting with tonight's game, it's the Charlotte Hornets finding a way to get that W. But let me talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions as well. I think this is important, right? It's not just the next eight games on the schedule or whatever until maybe Anthony Davis comes back. Fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe around then he'll be able to come back. It's not just that. It's not just... Can the Lakers go 500? It's not just can they make a trade. It's what do you have to do with this team right now in order to get something done? And so this is the time of year when people make all kinds of resolutions, right? They make all these, these promises. I am going to do this in the new year. People, the one you hear the most is, is weight loss, right? And I get it. I get Trust me. I, I get it. I've spent the last like two weeks eating all the Christmas treats and I've been telling myself I got to get back on track and all that. So I'm right there with everybody. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back into my workout schedule. I'm going to get back into my diet and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm right there with everybody on that. But people make a lot of New Year's res- resolutions, right? Hey, I'm finally going to write that novel. I'm finally going to, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repair my relationship with my parents or, or whatever, right? Everybody has their, their personal things that they want to accomplish during the New Year. The thing is, though, unless it's really something that you can turn into a habit, usually you fall short and that's, that's just what happens. It's why gym memberships go way up, right? During the month of January. And then they gradually fade away. People don't get to the point where they turn something into a habit and it's still hard to do and difficult. Next thing you know, they slip back into what their habits actually are, which is sitting on the couch and eating the chips or eating, you know, whatever Christmas cookies or or all that kind of stuff. Um, You've got to get yourself in a different mindset. I think that's where the Lakers have to go as well. They have to get themselves into a different mindset where the small ball stuff that we're seeing, if they're going to get to their goal of playing 500 basketball, they're going to have to take small ball out of what we habitually see from this team. And that might mean making some difficult decisions and having some difficult conversations. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't think the three guard, sometimes four guard lineups are working. It's not that I don't think. I don't. I know those lineups are simply not working. They're not. So as we're all making New Year's resolutions, right, and we're looking at different things, and and again, I don't want to get into a long rant here, but so much of it comes down to habit, right? If you want to get into the gym, you have to go for long enough to where going becomes habit, and you just do it. And it's not – you're not – weighing whether or not you should do it. It's just something you automatically do. Um, this is something that's been very powerful in my life. A habit has, um, a habit can be a positive or, or a negative thing. But I think back to like when I was in college, I, I think now, and I'm like, how I, I worked a full-time job while I was, while I was in college. And I think, how did I pull that? How did I do that? That's, that's insane. I think about trying to do that now. And I'm like, there's no way I could, I could get that done. There's no way I'd have enough time in the day to pull something like that off. And yet at the time I just did it. Why? Because that was the habit that I get into was I went to school. I, I had hardly any free time, but I got it done, right? Because it became habit or a lot of people associate with physical things, uh, you know, working out or running or, or whatever it is. Turning something into a habit is important. And I think the Lakers need to create a habit of getting rid of these small ball lineups and turning to the bigger lineups. It's just whatever it is, because I think Darvin Ham, when he looks at this lineup, when you look at this, this team, a lot of the talent is kind of amassed in the guard positions. And so we're seeing a lot of lineups where by default, Austin Reeves is being asked to play the three. Lonnie Walker is being asked to play the three. Austin Reeves is 6'5". Lonnie Walker is 6'4". Um, we're even seeing lineups that have Patrick Beverly, who's 6'1", Russell Westbrook, who's 6'3", Dennis Schroeder, who's 6'. Those three on the floor together. Hell, look at the Lakers starting lineup. Look at the Lakers starting lineup right now. Every time I put it out, Lakers fans get mad. Every time I put the, the Lakers starting lineup out on social media, uh, people get mad. It's Dennis Schroeder. It's Patrick Beverly, right? So you've got two essentially six-foot players in your backcourt. Lonnie Walker, who's 6'4", LeBron and Thomas Bryant. And LeBron's what, 6'8", 6'9", Thomas Bryant's like 6'9", 6'10". Yeah, you're undersized at at least three positions. Every single night, you're undersized at at least three positions to start the game. Point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Now, maybe being having a six-foot point guard isn't as big of a deal as, I don't know, a six-four small forward or whatever, but you're undersized. And here's the thing. like Lakers fans have been really upset with seeing these rotations, seeing these small rotations, and somehow, some way, they've got to get out of the habit of turning to these rotations. I know Patrick Beverly deserves minutes. I know Darvin Ham looks at... Uh, Dennis Schroeder says he deserves minutes. This is a guy who's done stuff for us. By the way, Patrick Beverly, three-point shooting. He's really come around in the month of December. He was fantastic, about 40% from three. Uh, you say Russell Westbrook. Hey, this is a guy who's been done great things in this league. He needs minutes. They, they have to be staggered. And I think the return of uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, as well as a resurgence from Troy Brown, should make it easier for Darvin Ham. and this is my New Year's resolution for the Lakers, get into the habit of playing bigger 
even if it comes at the expense of total talent. Is Russell Westbrook a more talented player than Juan Toscano Anderson? Yes. Yeah, he is. Is Patrick Beverly more talented than JTA? Probably he's done more in the in this league. Certainly. Now, and again, a lot of people still have Pat kind of in a negative light, but I've been impressed with some of the things he's done in the month of, of December. I think he's coming around. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, right? He's, he's, he's a serviceable point guard. But size for the Lakers really does matter out on the floor. I did some digging, looking into some advanced stats. Essentially, there's no way, there's no successful lineup in terms of net rating when you have the three guards on the floor together. And I'm omitting Kendrick Nunn from this list because he hasn't even been in the rotation much, but this holds true with him as well. Russ, Schroeder, and Pat Bev, you put the three of them on the floor together and it doesn't matter who else is on the floor. It's a net negative lineup. But here's the really interesting thing, and this is actually what I think is exciting. If you put Austin Reeves at the two, Austin Reeves at the two, which means you're not going to have a small backcourt. Austin Reeves is 6'5". It almost doesn't matter in terms of the, the point differential right now, based on the lineups we've seen, it almost doesn't matter who the one is. Whether it's Pat, whether it's Schroeder, whether it's Russ, it doesn't matter. Reeves at the two and LeBron on the floor is almost universally a net positive lineup. Think about that. That's so telling, right? That what we're seeing on the floor, that the eye test being backed up by the numbers that the Lakers, when they play a more traditional style, that means actually having a little bit of size of the two. And Austin Reeves isn't, he's not like a six, eight, two guard or something, but six, five, right? When you put him at the two, you're in really good shape because guess what that does? That adds balance to your roster. You aren't undersized at all of these different positions anymore. You're putting guys in the appropriate spots. In fact, even if you just wanted to plug Austin into the starting lineup, put him at the two. Right. And if you want to pull Pat, you want to pull Dennis, you want to, whoever you want to pull, doesn't matter. Pull one of them, put the other one at the one, Austin Reeves at the two, Lonnie at the three, LeBron and Thomas Bryant, and you've got a net positive lineup. In fact, Austin Reeves at the two, I put this out on, on Twitter earlier, which means by default, the Lakers are playing a bigger lineup. Austin Reeves at the two across all lineups. All combinations the Lakers have run on the entire season, the Lakers are a plus 7.3 per 100 possessions. Plus 7.3 points per 100 possessions with Austin Reeves at the two and LeBron James on the floor. It works. That's what we've seen over the season. You play bigger and it's working. Conversely, Austin Reeves at the three, even with LeBron on the floor, minus 2.7 points per 100 possessions. And Austin Reeves is one of those guys who the, the advanced stats tend to be very friendly to a player like him. He's a, he makes winning plays. Now, I know he's had a couple of rough games most recently, but it just illustrates that the numbers back up that the small lineups are simply not working. Moving Austin Reeves to the three, which means that you're going to have a smaller backcourt. It means you've got 
Pat and Dennis together in the backcourt or Russ and Pat or Russ and Dennis, whatever you want it to be, it's almost entirely negative net ratings when you go to that. Minus 2.7 points for one possession. You're losing those minutes, even with Reeves and LeBron on the floor. Again, all you have to do is move Reeves to the two and it goes completely the other way. And it gets to the point where it's hard to find an unsuccessful lineup with Reeves at the two. And I know Reeves isn't starting right now. But when you look at these numbers and when you dig a little bit deeper, it's hard to justify any reason to continue playing these smaller lineups besides just getting stuck on, well, this player deserves minutes and that player deserves minutes because this is what this guy's done in the past and this is this guy's talent level. I don't think it matters so much with this Lakers team. I think what matters is having a little bit of size on the floor so you can defend at a higher level so you don't get destroyed on the boards. And it just seems to work better. And I'm hoping that the resurgence from Troy Brown and the return of Juan Toscano Anderson and hopefully soon, fingers crossed, a return also from Anthony Davis will allow the Lakers to play bigger much more often. But again, it's got to come down to the coaching staff as well. That The coaches have to get out of the habit of playing these smaller lineups because the numbers, they tell us it simply does not work. It's back in the numbers all back up what the eye test says. The small lineups with these tons of guards on the floor together, it does not work. That's my New Year's resolution for the Lakers. Get out of this habit of putting these smaller lineups on the floor. Get into the habit of playing bigger, playing more traditional lineups, and trust players, even if, even if they aren't quite as talented as some of the guards, trust the bigger players to fit better alongside LeBron, hopefully soon alongside AD, and then off you go from there. I think it also underscores the importance for the Lakers, if they do decide to make a trade, for them to find at least one wing player, potentially even another big. All right, Lakers Nation, that's going to wrap things up for me today. But give me your thoughts in the comments down below. What do you think about the small lineups versus the bigger lineups? Let me know your take. And of course, give me your thoughts on tonight's game against the Charlotte Hornets. Can the Lakers get the W? Can they play 500 ball over the next eight or so? And maybe, fingers crossed, get AD back in the lineup around that time. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.